yo, yo. How y'all doing? This is Villains and Vinyl with Hip Hop and Geek Culture Meet. My name is CJ. I am one quarter of the coolest motherfuckers on the planet. And I am here with your boy Quinn, aka Mr. Number Two, aka the King of Future King of the Ring. All right, all right, I'm saying it now. I'm saying it now. You hear me? You hear me, Woods? Calling, calling it King of the Ring right here. And I'm about to toss it over to number three point guard slash shooting guard. Since we're doing the greatest hip hop episode, and I got love from um, his uncle today, worn by Terrence, aka Johnny Storm. Shout out, say so, rest in peace. Love mankind, people. Number four, fourth quarter to the dollar D. This is going to be a very, very tough episode to me. I have lost sleep over this, but we will get there. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what album I'm going to say until I say it. I feel <laughs> that. only one. I feel that. <laughs> I don't know what album. And just for clarity, what we're doing is the greatest hip-hop album of all time. We tried, you know, we were trying to be a little soft and say it's your favorite. I was like, nah, that's too easy. You know, let's do the best. Right, we know it's all subjective. We know you're probably gonna disagree with our opinions. That's fine. I like the debate. I want to see what you guys think has the best hip hop album of all time. But we're gonna get there first. Let's talk about the comic side of stuff. And there's a, there's some news going on out here that we want to talk about, mainly DC related. I'm gonna wait about the diamond thing, but let's start off first with the Batwoman TV show. Last week when we were talking, um, there was talks that they were going to recast Ruby Rose's character, just do a straight recasting. As of this week, however, it has come out that now they're going to change Batwoman entirely. It's going to be a brand new character. Um, when you read the descriptive of it, She's, it doesn't seem like she's related to Bruce Wayne in any way, nothing like that. She's a, a street kid kind of person. So I'm going to start with everybody. What do you think? Do you think trash. this is the right move? Trash, like trash, because normally I can go with the flow, but I feel like this is a stupid move on their part. It's given you ended the first season the way you did. How are you going to start it back up? And completely like you know lose out on the character like where the character's gone you know i feel like it's a dumb move they could they recast before for the same characters and other Arrowverse stuff why are you gonna create a character you're not even gonna pull a character from a comic you're just creating one and like i said last episode i read the character description y'all need some better writers for that because this ain't gonna fly she live in a van with her only friend being a plant and, and yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They but but here's the thing. When we say recasting for the Arrowverse, they haven't recasted any of their main characters. They've never done a straight recasting of like Oliver Queen or <laughs> Flash or Black Lightning. They've never done a straight recast. Yeah, which, so do you which, think a straight recast would have been the right direction? And why do you think that? Because to be honest, outside of the last, and I'm just asking, just want to get your opinion. The consensus is outside of the last few episodes of Batwoman, the total season just wasn't good anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I think recasting and putting in some like a little bit more energy with a different actress would work, you know? 
because I felt like her whole stuff, she you could tell she wasn't feeling it. You know, so yeah, putting in somebody new, somebody that's like you know can commit to the schedule, like that lay down the acting that needs to be done. Because I like the only thing I really seen her do that was TV based was uh, Orange is the New Black, and even then she was on she wasn't on that show that long either. So get somebody that can commit, get somebody that can act and do the stunts. Boom, you're good. Okay. Hey, I mean, why give it a chance? I didn't watch the first season. I haven't watched it yet anyway. But DC has a track record of on their shows creating new characters and they actually work that they bring them into the actual comic books. Harley Quinn, Diggle. So who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see it. So for me, nothing's lost. But Okay. And I mean, my personal thoughts is to be, I kind of agree with T. Like, they have a track record of when they, truthfully, if anything, the criticism is when they're dealing with characters that are in the comics, sometimes they don't do as well of a job. Their new characters are some of their more beloved characters, particularly in the Arrowverse section of things. So I'm going to give it a chance, to be fair, because season one of Batwoman, I didn't like up until the last few episodes, which... To be fair to them, I want to give I like to give a show a season to kind of find its groove anyway, because you got to see what works, what doesn't. So I think they ended really strong. And Arrowverse shows have a tendency of their first two seasons are generally their best seasons anyway. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I do agree. I think anybody but Ruby Rose is better anyway, because. To be completely honest, I wasn't a fan of hers, <laughs> um, particularly for that character. I think she's kind of dry, at least in the movies I've seen her in. And yeah. so, and she didn't convince me as Ruby Rose. I think the writing saved her a lot. So I'm all for a new performer. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. I think it might be good because you got to think about it. Batwoman's not coming back like the other Arrowverse shows until 2021. So that gives them kind of a timeline anyway to kind of work things out. Maybe they write a first draft and they're like, eh, this sucks, you know. I'm only disappointed is that your girl won't be cast now because you saw that casting sheet and they had a oh, girl from WWE. Oh, we just talked about it yesterday. Not Lacey Evans. Oh, Sonya Deville. Deville. <clears throat> yeah. She was listed as trying to audition. <laughs> Man, what? They had everybody come out the woodwork. For that yeah, one. she was listed as trying. There was reports that she was listed as auditioning um, for Batwoman. Actually, okay. that, I don't think she would be a bad one. Yeah, I when I saw it, I was like, but I was like, you know what? Look, wait. <laughs> yeah. Homegirl from Brooklyn Nine Nine uh, played Rosa. She want. She was like, yeah, no, I want. I want to get the part. Oh, yeah, I but know. I don't want to see her off Brooklyn Nine Nine. No. Have you ever heard her actual voice? No. Yes. Oh my God! <laughs> her she don't Rosa sound like Rosa at all. <laughs> Cause I love her as Rosa. Like, oh, really, she's great as Rosa. yeah, she is great. That show is great. So I just don't want to see her. I feel like honestly, Batwoman would be a downgrade. Oh, no. no. to Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, like I get wanting to start your own series. If you're a fan of Batwoman, then I get why you want to do. It. All right, if you're a comic book fan, but outside of that, I feel like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Better show, probably better paying. <laughs> to be well, honest, because there's only so much you can pay a CW, right? 
Yeah, but I don't know how much that is. That's true. That's fair. They might be making that money. But I don't know. I just think Rose's funny. Maybe just because I'm more partial to Brooklyn Nine-Nine than what I've seen so far of Batwoman on screen. Because um, I didn't like the fact, like, they're, they're, for the crossover, they were talking about doing Batwoman and Superman instead of Batwoman and Supergirl. Yeah, which would have made more sense. Yeah, like, like I get you're trying to build up Superman for his new show with him and Lois, but no. It's supposed to, her and Supergirl have the chemistry. They showed that. So <laughs> that's the one you work with. Uh, uh, the things that will never happen. Yeah. Well, I think they'll probably still do it. They'll probably just do it with a new character. Uh, Which it won't hit the same because this person hasn't met these people. But there's a different dynamic and now you're discovering Superman. Which will be interesting. So, in other DC news, we have the big news that I know two of us here work in the comic book industry um, with stores. So, I know they're going to have an opinion about this. I don't know what it means for me as just a consumer of comic books on a weekly basis. So that's why I'm going to lean on the expertise of you guys. So DC Comics, if you don't know, just for kind of context, most comics are sent to a comic book store through one kind of distributor. That distributor name is Diamond. So when you go to get the st- get your comic book, they're the one who usually sent it, right? No Rockefeller in them, man. No Rockefeller. <laughs> for so yeah, so Diamond. So just so you know, DC Comics, which is the number two publisher in all the comic books, made the decision this week to leave Diamond Comics, right, and go with another shipping or distribution. So this impacts from what I've been reading, looking at on this news, this impacts the local comic book owner a great deal. A lot of people aren't happy about it. It also could lead to, if you're a consumer of comic books, higher prices because local comic book owners have to eat that shipping cost because now they're dealing with multiple shipping companies, which everybody seems to agree Diamond needs competition, but there was a better way to do it because DC is leaving in two weeks, which is not giving the local book, local comic book owners time to adapt, particularly given our global circumstance. So that's kind of the summary. I don't know quite how to feel about it as a consumer, but I got Quinn, who's been working in the comic book industry for about a decade. I got T, who's been working in the comic book industry for a couple years now. I'm going to let y'all fire off. Tell me what I should feel. All right. So first and foremost, like, yeah, because Diamond, Diamond has been in the business for years. Like, well, when there were actual other companies. Now, when those companies ended up folding, Diamond, like, basically took up every bit that was still left over and then started up. And now they are the sole one and only. You cannot get comics or stuff. Uh, like or board games or figures unless it is directly from them as a retailer. So honestly, having gone through this stuff, and this is why I say it's a weird situation right now considering so many of these quote-unquote like, you know, like brick-and-mortar stores have spoke out about Diamond and how they've done them in the past, you know? So all of a sudden now they're the one true savior. They shut down like stuff right around the time, you know, when y'all wanted to stay open and continue selling comics. So that left y'all in the, like, in the spot. So I, like, frankly, I feel like this is one of those things where the industry is changing. 
So you have to change with it. You have to figure ways around it. And I feel like the shipping stuff for most of it, you know, because I had to do some of it. No, it, it shouldn't be that. If you can spend, like, if you've been spending more money on all of these things, you know, it's not going to hurt. Like, say, even, I don't, I don't feel like they should be jumping on DC at this point, considering DC actually tried to help during, like, the crisis, you know? Like, during all of what was going on, they, actually, they actively tried to help smaller shops. But this whole loyalty to, like, a company that basically either one, you know, wants your money, and two, wants your loyalty. Because with Diamond, you have to you have to stick with it, you know? And for smaller shops, they haven't been, like, nice to smaller shops. That's for sure. So it's weird that all of a sudden now it's, a, oh, oh, because DC chose to opt out, in which I'm sure at some point other companies are going to opt out too. Because Diamond, they get they get way more money than, like, you know, they actually put out there, you know? So it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, Right now, it sounds it sounds a bit like you know harsh, but DC's gonna do what DC's gonna want to do, and who knows, maybe it can change up playing game for everybody else. But end of the day, business is business. Okay, fair enough. I get it. Like I I was kind of feeling like, why are they loyal? But I do kind of feel like DC should have handled the transition better. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Because I think it does, I get what they're trying to do, but it does kind of leave the local comic book owners in kind of a rock and a hard place situation. And I think those, particularly at this time, when a lot of stores are just really reopening, right? Um, and books are still coming back on the shelves. That is it's kind of putting, us, putting them in a rock and a hard place. And with that increased cost, particularly now when people are having a hard time out here, you know, just with work and life. You know, I don't know. But, okay, I feel your point. T? Also, like, I'm still a novice, so I'm not glad like I know everything right now. I'm just going off, you know, things I've seen. I've been listening, watching owners talk about it. It's, it's like you said, it's going to really hurt the very sm- like, small comic book stores that's going to, like, real small ones, either that just came newer or, like you said, going through things, everything we're going through right now, it's going to be kind of hard. And it's also just, it's weird because, just think, it's going through, uh, I forgot what comic store it is, but if you were a competitor of that store, how does that feel? That now you have to go through your competitor to get your product. It's almost like, um, I saw someone say something like, it's almost like it's, it's going to end up setting up like a, a Walmart of comic book stores. Yeah, but I think for the medium to survive, I don't know. Like, I get the, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta do more research. I get, and I get it because even when I first, like I said, when I first started working, I, you know, listened to them how they talked about shipping. I found out that Diamond is the main distributor. My first thought, like, damn, that's a monopoly right there. Because you I mean there's no other distributor, so I definitely get, you know, we got to make competition, build money. Are you, I agree with you. DC should have handled it better, but like I guess I get the other side of it. Of now, I'm up here trying to outsell this store. Now I got to help this store because I got to get my product from them. Yeah. So, okay. But we'll see, you know, as it comes out and as they do the switch, we'll talk about it a little bit more. You'll be seeing like stores, I guess it's going to, honestly, the other companies, Marvel, Valiant, uh, Boom, Image, you probably will see them amping there. Amping their promotion, actually probably giving benefits to those still under that note through Diamond because some stores are probably going to push 
that more so they can make their money. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. All right, cool. So now what I do want to do is take this time because we are and we talking a lot of hardcore comics. We haven't done this in a while, and this is why I love the show because really we like this just as much as we like the hip-hop stuff. But I do want to shout out to Bitter Root because Bitter Root was just nominated for Best Continuing Series for the 2020 Eisner Awards, and we got to give it up. For those of y'all who don't know, the Eisner Awards are basically the Oscar slash Grammy of comics. Bitter Root, I highly recommend. It's a great comic book with great artwork, great color work. Sanford Green, I believe, is out of, or at least he lives in Columbia, South Carolina, which is my hometown. He teaches at Benedict, which I grew right up the street from. But even with that bias aside, it's an awesome comic book, I think. Everybody who reads comics on this show would agree with that. Shout out to them. And also shout out to IDW that led the way with nominations this year, receiving 13 and a shared one. And then shout out to Image Comics for 11 nominations with six shared, right? So we've talked a lot about how on this show, how indie comics or third-party publishers are putting out more quality work than the big two. And I think this kind of just validates our point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, stuff's changing. And, and, and one thing I want to throw in there, last we not forget, 2016, a bunch of retailers refused to pay, like, carry a, mo- like a, what was it, a motor crush. And you want to know why? Because it had a black female main character so it's what i'm saying like no y'all gotta change with the times now well wait a minute hold up now you saying something wait a minute now you can't just say that and then not elaborate you just can't be talking ish and not you saw my face (laughs) yeah like bro you can't say that comic book stores refuse to and i'm not saying you're wrong but you gotta elaborate on this point when you say um and we're getting off on a tangent here because that well, I was just wanting to talk about the Eisner Awards, but okay. I'm sorry. No, no, we gotta talk about it. You can't say comic book owners refuse to carry a book because of black characters and not talk about what you've heard, why you heard it, when you heard it. I'm not gonna ask you to name yeah. names, but I need to know some more details. You can't just say that, bro. All right. So let me go ahead and throw it out because this is another case of it's a control thing, and I want to throw this out earlier, but then. Just don't say, ah, all right, all right. But yeah, no, uh, there's been plenty of instances where stores, like, because the thing is, it's a control issue right now, you know? Like, they feel powerless because one of the companies that puts out comics decide to go in a different direction, you know? But in the past, they've had plenty of power over what goes into these stores, you know? So with things changing now, like, I... I, I, the way I see it, it's just like, yeah, the company has every right to do what they're going to do when it comes to putting out their books. You know, you as a like you as a store owner, you have every right to pick out what you want on the shelves, what you want for your subscribers. But there have been plenty of times in the past where it is shown to actually hurt the industry and what gets put out, you know, based upon like, like, where, like what the local comic shop, like uh, comic shops have to say about it. Mind you, you know, they do meet, they do do their big summit or where they all meet up and they all talk about, get a little taste of some of the stuff that's coming out and voice their opinion. And 
let's just say maybe it's a good thing that like you know the companies are starting to take a little bit more control because yeah like i feel like there's some stuff that like you can recommend to people that we talk about on the show that may not be at other stores because they refuse to buy a specific company there are some stores that cater more to dc crowds marvel crowds but carry less indie stuff but no, you said, wait a minute now. Nope, nope, Quinn. I got it. I can't let you off the hook now. You said that you specifically feel like they're not carrying it because she's black. Is that true? Oh, that, no, that was the case. I'm like, actually a lot looking of, it up right now yeah. as we speak, so. Yeah, I'm about to say, if you're going to say it, I'm not no. saying don't call these uh, motherfuckers. I see, honestly, I see two stories about it. Only two, and it was from, they both were from November 17th. Um, for 2016. Yeah, because that was a big uh, deal back then. I think the site is talking about it is observationdeck.kenja.com and then it was bleedingcool.com. I don't know how, you know, you know, take that for what it's worth. I don't know if it's, you know, but at the same time, um, Bleeding Cool is a pretty reputable site. So yeah, yeah, Bleeding Cool was the one where like they they put out the story because that's that's who I remember like was the first one to talk about. But yeah, like and, and it's happened in the past. It's too much to read. But what I'm reading, they said the mission comes from Rick Johnson from proprietors, who said that um some store like basically some stores didn't want to sell it and they try to say that it wasn't about it wasn't that they were racist, but it was because they know the customers wouldn't be interested in the comics, so why bother? So that's bull. Yeah, that's yeah. bull. And it was saying a lot of stores didn't want to that didn't bring it in. Yeah, or under order most of the things because they've done that before with other books too, like. And because I've had a personal experience of where I had a customer like straight up refuse uh, when they read when they dropped Spider-Man, he refused to like continue reading it and brought it back and told us he didn't like the fact that it portrayed a gay wedding. Yeah. Okay. And then for those people who don't know, right? Because I think we're getting into a topic that's more of yeah. a separate show. Yes. Um. So I don't, and only, that's the only reason I'm saying let's kind of switch up. Yeah. No, not no, saying no, no. not address it because we're gonna address that ish. The Motor right. Crush is my joint. Yeah. yeah, and for those who don't know, Motor Crush is on, it looks like it's distributed by Image, right? And it's one about Domino Swift. Uh, she's kind of in a motorcycle league, but at night she does her vigilante kind of thing. So um, everybody, I haven't read a lot of it, but everybody who I know reads yeah, it it's a good really it's a good loves book. it. So yeah. um, artwork is dope. Yeah. Um, the story's dope. Uh, yeah, she's not she yeah, she races during the day, but then she also races at night illegally. Okay. And all right. So all right, making sure I got the premise correct. So there's some vigilanteism part of it, but yeah, you ha it is actually a good story. Um I'm not sure if they actually counts or not. I knew it when they they kind the dude kind of did a saga or the writers kind of pulled a saga where they were like, We're gonna chill out for a little bit and refocus. And it was in twenty eighteen. Isn't it the same time saga went on a hiatus? Yeah, Saga uh, yeah, hasn't yeah. been out in the past, I believe, year and a half. And I don't know when they're going to come back out and they fucking around. And, and that's how Motor Crush did. So they're both, like, yeah. both image comments. So they fucking around with me. If you're hearing right. this, Saga, I need you to come back. You fucking around. All right. Need I, need both of, I need Motor need. Crush and Saga to come back for real. Sorry yeah. about my little tangent right now because with the current climate, you know. There's yeah, I feel you now. Talk your ish, bro. <laughs> hey, D, you would like Motor Crush for real. Oh, but yeah, back to the original know. statement is congratulations to Bitterroot for the nomination for the Eisner Awards. Respect, all that. Now, if there's no other comic book news, if you don't want to highlight a particular book, 
we gonna switch it over to hip hop so we can have D talk because D, you've been quiet. <laughs> D was like, yo, I don't know about this comic book. Is. <laughs> one question, one question, CJ. Is volume two out for Bitterroot yet? Because I'm try- I don't want to read them month by month. I'm actually trying to read it so I can read it. All I honestly don't know. I've only read volume I, one. I don't so know. I can't I say. I don't think volume two is out just yet. Yeah. I remember they did like a couple stuff and I think they were getting around to bundling up. I'm not quite sure yet because I still got to get caught up on a few other like uh, issues because I did have the uh, special that they did. So. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want to, but I do know from how you want one along. Congrats to them. Dope yeah, book. Yeah, great artwork. Right. Great color work. Great lettering. It's an yeah. awesome comic book. Bitterroot. You know, I want to say that again. Nominated for Eisen Award. Shout out to them. Really dope comic. I highly recommend that if you want to read something that's really good with a continuous story where you don't have to commit to 20 years of your life. Yeah, and it would definitely come away with like you know a lot too because they definitely put in to educate and entertain and that's what Mm -hmm. makes the book so and it's pretty much set during kind of the harlem renaissance where they're also hunting monsters it's just a really interesting book so um all right so now we're about to switch to hip-hop we're about to let my boy d talk a little bit so d you've been quiet so i'm about to ask you I'm not about to ask you your f- the best hip-hop album all time. No, no, we're not about to do that. We're just about to talk about, outside of the best hip-hop album of all time, what have you been listening to this week? Well, because of this topic today, I've been listening to, like, the same five CDs. <laughs> okay, all right. So nothing, over, none of the new stuff you haven't again. listened to, like, RTJ4? Uh, I listened to the, that Freddie Gibbs. Uh, Ooh, so what did you think? got me listening to that. <sighs> I gotta admit that is a real good CD. Like, like, you know, I always catch music pretty late, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've, I feel bad that I was lost on this one, uh, Freddie Gibbs, for as long as I was, because he, he, the truth. And for the record, we're talking about Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist, the uh, collaborative CD called Afredo. Yeah, um, that so junk. just for the record, if you yeah. want to check it out. All right, cool, yeah. So then, all right, because we're going to get into the best hip-hop album. So, D, we're going to come back to you. Huh. I don't want you to think we're leaving you out. No, it's fine. <laughs> we're going to come back to you. All right, Q, what you what you bumping this week? All right, oh, oh, yeah. I've been, I've been running back to the, like, Run the Jewels. Like, no, that's still, yeah, I'm a big Run the Jewels fan. So no. when they dropped that, I was like, yeah, bro, I got, I'm heavy rotation. So, so I've been on that. Still on that. <laughs> All right, Q, what you bumping? I mean, not Q. T, oh. what you bumping? Hey, <laughs> um, I'm going back and forth. I finally, yo, that run the jewels go hard. Like, I didn't need these two albums to come out at the same time. Oh, so you know, I, we gotta. I gotta ask. I wouldn't be a good mediator slash host if I don't ask. I don't know yet. Which one? Nah, 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 nah. Fuck that. We don't do our own know yet. I put it like this. I have nah, we don't I, do that, I, bro. Nah, I listen to Run the Jewels once all the way through. I nah. just, I've had Alfredo. Like I put Alfredo on, listen to it, and just left it on and start doing. So far, things. so far. That's why you can change your answer next week. You can change your answer. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> but but nah, don't thing. do that. I don't know. What, what's, what's getting me is because I like the beats from both of them, but Run the Jewels get like I like heavy. Like when I was spitting, those are the beats that I would want. And so that was like, it's oh, right? Uh, 
Right now, you got to make a pick. Because I'm, I'm going to listen to Run the Jewels again to make sure. But the way I've been bumping <laughs> Alfredo, I keep going back to certain tracks. I got to go to Alfredo right now. Cute. Run the Jewels Wish might take it. I'm just going to be real. Run oh. the Jewels might take it for me. Because I haven't listened to it again. You know, it's kind of, I listened to it while I was at work. So I really, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just, it was kind of keep, keeping me motivated. So. Mm-hmm. Cute, what All you right. Did. All right, they both they both were good. They both were good. I love Run the Jewels, you know. But what, what's going on right now? I need a little need something a little different. All right, so I'm gonna go with Fredo. Like Fredo definitely was. It was that one that came on the right time. So that's that's. I, it's it. It really just depends. If I had to pick one, I feel like I would listen to Alfredo more only because it's more varied. Yeah. RTJ4 is kind of just like it comes out swinging and, and it stays swinging. Stay, no, I feel you on that. Yeah, for the rest of the you. album until the end. Like by the end, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, like man. there was no downturn, right? Whereas Alfredo, it co- it has peaks and valleys. And I mean yeah. peaks and valleys in a good way, to where if you kind of just want to chill, you ain't trying to get too amped. Like, you know, that's something to rap about. Come on. Then you be chilling, chilling. You want to get happy. You know, amp that skinny sugar and drop. Oh, you like, yo, yo. like, what the fuck? So that beat, like, that's what happened for me because I was listening, like, I was picking around, but Frank Lucas, because I like those beats. I mean, so I ain't cooking nothing, but I loved, you know, know some of the best music. Him and that damn Benny, that beat just sick. Like, I just want to put on all black areas and just rock my head. All of a sudden, skinny sugar came on. And you just, sorry, y'all know I smoke. I had a light up one, just sit back in that vibe. Like, I actually listen to that instrumental Skinny Shug by itself if they Oh, have. yeah. Skinny Shug might be my favorite song on the whole album outside of <laughs> That thing goes so hard yeah. when you listen to it. But, yeah, I feel like Alfredo has more peaks and valleys to where I feel like with RTJ4, while great, like, really great. It's you have to be kind of in the mood for RTJ4. I get Whereas you. Alfredo, at least to me, and somebody might completely disagree, I feel like no matter what mood I'm in, I can throw on Alfredo. Yeah. I yeah. can't be in a, just a chill vibe and throw on RTJ4. Because that shit will have me ready to burn down some shit. Fuck your chill vibe. That joint will have me ready to burn everything. And I think that's the difference between the two. It's, it's, the, it's, it's like the, the feeling you get from it, you know? Like Alfredo, I can sit like I'm in a I'm in a whip, nice day outside, got the windows down, got the music up, RTJ. Man, I just got on Facebook. Man, screw this. Nah, we I'm turning, I'm getting hyped. <laughs> yeah. I'm going out to go do something right now. Hey, no, hey, like, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Like, uh, like I, and RT, RTJ just it just it's too perfect timing with everything going on. Yeah, it's trying to be the conspiracy theories. It is just too perfect right now. Like, yo, get out there. Right and you know now. what's funny? LP is the most freaking anarchist one of the bunch out of the two. Because when you listen back to that album, LP just spit some shit. You're like, wait a minute. Because he spits a line that's one of my favorite lines on the last track called, I think, Letters to the Firing Squad or what? Or to the Firing Squad. Ooh, ooh, where he ooh. says um, something about the, um, the worst of us getting chips kind of takes, <laughs> takes the shine off getting rich. And I was like, you know what? That's so fucking true. And it's called A Few Words to the Firing Squad. Then they got two chains rapping in his element on Out of Sight, which kind of makes sense. Like, then that ooh la la ah we we 
That take a hard. Like I did oh at God. first, I I wasn't really like a fan of it, but as a second or third, I'm like, yo, yo, with as hard as they come, they stuff like there's so many layers to it, and that's why like literally my no my phone will let me know you haven't listened to RTJ. All right, get back on that. You know, I, I, Pandora will remind me I need to listen to that again. Yeah, I don't know if I can play um Ooh La La anymore because I mean it's dope. I played it at work. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if I can play it at work no more because I was already like I was a little perturbed. I ain't gonna talk about work. <laughs> I put it on. It put me in a better mood. But like you said, I'm listening. Fuck with me. Don't you fuck with me. You gonna take this drink and get out my <laughs> face. That's the funny part. I know plenty of people who disagree when Killer Mike. We're not gonna get too much into it. But when Killer Mike came out with his statement to the protesters and everything, I know plenty of. Black yeah. people will disagree, but that's different from the actual music. So let that be yeah. clear. His music have you ready to just do some crazy ish, and you're like, wait a minute, why? Why I got this lighter? Why I got this gasoline? Why, <laughs> why do I have this police station? Like, what's going on? Let me put Alfredo hey, how back did on. I end up let me here? put Alfredo back on. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, wait a minute. Yeah, let me put Alfredo back on because y'all got me ready to do some ish. But yeah, I really do love RTJ4, but I think Alfredo, at the end of the year, while I'll still be bumping both, I think I'll be listening to Alfredo more. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's like shots versus, you know, having a good mixed drink and sitting down. Like, RTJ4 is you taking shot after shot. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and by the time you get to that fourth or fifth, oh, you good. Yeah, no, you're right. So that's what I'm saying. RTJ is just, and, it, and the interesting thing about that, and we're talking about Run the Jewels, just FYI for people who may not know. I don't know. There might be somebody in our podcast who don't know who RTJ is. Um, it's a group consisting of Killer Mike and LP. Um, they just released the fourth tape in their series called RTJ4. And the thing about the thing about it, though, is every time I listen to it, the thing that's so interesting about them is I think every project it's better than the last. Like, I think RT4 is better than RTJ3. I think RTJ is better than RTJ2. I I think RTJ2 is better than RTJ1. Mm. I agree with you. That is crazy because that doesn't happen, particularly when you're talking about Killer Mike and LP who are, if we're going to be just 100% blunt, older MCs. Older MCs don't usually age this well. They've been aging well the last three years. We had a discussion CJ, but like, but to be fair, they're not putting out the best work of their career. Push RTJ is putting out the Pusha not putting out his best work of his career lately. The last two albums, huh? Pusha, Pusha, but Pusha, I think because Pusha came into the solo game late too. You got to think about that. I give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pusha came into. I the mean, solo Jay game. came out. Jay came out four forty four. But I don't think that's the. Best, I think it's a great album. I don't know if that's the best work. Okay, so you're arguing like they're getting better. I was, I'm arguing. Oh, yeah, no. All the MCs are definitely holding their own across the yeah, board. Yeah, because that used to be the argument that they're not, or you know how rap. Yeah, no, no, rap no. Rap is a young man game. Once you old, you oh, gotta yeah. get out. But I, I would argue with Jay-Z and Pusha, and maybe Pusha because of the clips. He's a different animal because he became solo later. But I would argue with Jay, his better work is still his earlier work. Of course, no, no. But 444 is still that ish. With Freddie Gibbs, who's also an old MC, because he's like our age, like 36, 37, which is old for the rap game, mm-hmm. and so Killer Mike yeah. and LP, and even Griselda. They're yeah. putting out the best work of their career 
as they get older, which is crazy. Like, Nas can still put out a good album, but he's not putting out the best work of his career. Jay-Z can put out a good album. He's not putting out the best work of his career. Drake can put out a great album, even at 34, 35. He's not putting out the best work of his career. But you got to look at it from a career challenge standpoint, you know, or where so much, because, I mean, even look at Cole. Even look at Cole. Look at what he did with Dreamville, you know, or how, like, that was a project, like, out the gate that... Yeah, I was kind of going, all right, all right, this could be up and down, but a whole ride through it. Oh, oh, straight five. And with Killer Mike, Killer Mike already established himself, you know, coming up with Big Boy and all of them cats and did his solo stuff. And as soon as he linked up with LP, because LP did a bunch of stuff too on the, on the solo side. But when they came together, it, like they were doing stuff, uh, Adult Twin, they were doing all this stuff, and they built up to the point of where, like, no, they are legit a household name. So I, I agree with CJ on that. But yeah, you know, this is some of this is some of the prime stuff right here. Yeah, like right. I think when we look back at uh, Killer Mike's career, his best work is going to be the RTJ series. Oh, cool. No, I agree. It, I whereas mean, when we look back right. at Jay Z's career, his best work is going to be his earlier stuff. Nas is going to be earlier stuff. J Cole is going to be a little odd. I think that's an odder comparison, but he's still. He's still relatively young. He's like 31, 32. So it's not like he's super old. Kendrick's going to be interesting as well. But I think when you look back at Drake, but I still think with Kendrick, his earlier work, even though he's gotten, some people argue, damn, is better than a Pippa Butterfly. Good Kid, Mad City is still his masterpiece. I think Drake, you're going to argue, either take care of nothing was the same. Maybe if you're reading, it's already too late, you know, as some of his best work. So when you talk about these MCs, the fact that Killer Mike is damn near 40, if not 40, matter of fact, and putting out some of the best work of his career is insane. And particularly Freddie Gibbs, who's been on a crazy run of albums, elite to classic yeah. albums. It's ridiculous. So... And, and even Pusha T, to be fair, to take up your point, like Pusha T's solo work, if you don't count clips, has gotten crazy because Daytona was awesome. And mm-hmm. as he's getting older, he's putting out that worst work. And that oh, and we quick. usually, those are anomalies, right? When we talk about elite MCs, their best work is usually their earlier work or even their, mid, like, their mid-career work. It's never as they get older. And so while older MCs have been aging well, older MCs haven't been peaking like this. That's not the norm. Or maybe that's the new norm. Killer Mike is 45. Yeah, okay. See, that's what I'm saying. Killer Mike's 45. He's not supposed to be rapping like this. Why not? LP is... uh, How many other 45-year-olds rapping like this? Let's be clear. I mean... Bumby's consistent, but he ain't spitting... He's not spitting his best work right now. Scarface? Oh. Starface is not spitting his best work right now. What I'm saying, what what are you saying? They're not spitting their best work. They may not have the best production. That's why I was going to argue that when you said they haven't put their best out, I understand your point. But what if who's to say that Jay don't get hungry like again and actually go link just like Freddie's doing? Find one producer and does a whole concept album. I mean, who, but who's to, to say that? Like I get you what you're saying. His best stuff is from his young career, but even as he's aged, even when he had duds like the Kingdom Come. American Gangster was dope. Um, Magna Carta was actually straight. I don't know why that slept on. Then you have 444. Like you said, Pusha. 
anything's possible, I think, with rap. And I think now that... But they have improved it. But you know I what I'm saying? I, like, it's one thing to say you don't know, but we just talking concrete facts. They're proving it now, and I think, like you said, this is a new norm, so who knows if they can't keep doing it. Now that, also, that stigma is also kind of being broken because of these older rappers are doing that thing. How many times that old rappers do their thing? We don't know because they're not getting either the publicity or the music not coming out. That's also because of a different age. It's also almost like R&B singers. All some of the greatest R&B singers that we had all like growing up, we know growing up in the nineties. Also, you feel like they disappeared. No, they still put music out. Now you have to listen to it to find out if it's critically claimed. But they're not getting the shout out or the, you know or publicity or checks on the radio. It's not like the seventies and you no. Know, but all artists you, get better. I mean, but, all I put like this, not all. But if you're truly a good but, artist, no matter your feel, and you're hungry, you have a chance to get better with age. Yeah. If you put in the work, if you continuously, and that's what they're doing. The work. But I, mean, see, I disagree like, with both of you completely. Okay, no, no, but look at look at look at Drake, look at Drake. When was the last time, like before, like you know, uh, the Straight Outta Compton album? When was the last time Drake put out an album? Yeah, but I'm oh, I'm about to kill you if you about to say Dre's album because here's the thing. All right, go ahead. My bad. Let me not assume no, your I point. Say, so, when so when you say Dre, it, his last album was Compton. Before that, it was 2001, Chronic 2001. Uh, 2001, Chronic 2001. All right, can you say that Dr. Dre's style has changed or, like, grown significantly from that point, from 2001 to when Compton came out? Or no. did he sound the same when he was on there? Now, Jay-Z, Jay-Z put out album after album from the start. No, like, full-out long break between Jay-Z was on featuring, Jay-Z was doing all of that, and it's still doing it. But when Dre did from 2001 to Compton, like, I, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm, not, I'm a drop the Dre fan, but I wasn't feeling the stuff he put out like, in Compton, but he did showcase the other talent that was out there, though. But, but what's your, you gotta be uh, careful about point, not getting point. away from the question, though, because well, it's no, yeah. like they're, are they not putting out good work? It's yeah, their best they work. haven't put out, well, they've already put out what is considered their best work. Also, the thing they put not out saying since that we then both will probably agree on. Right, it's well, like Killer Mike is he's still peaking, it looks like, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's like not to say that you know, like you know, American Gangster was a great album by Jay Z, but was it his best album, like? No, like not to me. Like I think the Black Album was the best. Oh no, no, of course. Okay. Cool. It's like, but American Gangster was a good album. But when you talk about peaks and valleys, you know, he was up here with Black Album, and then American Gangster will be less than that because you don't like it as much. So until he puts out something better than that, he's no longer peaking. We're, it's, the argument isn't are they not making good work? It's best work going forward still. Oh, no, I get you, but also, I'm saying I don't necessarily think, I think anything's possible. That's my argument. I think they, they haven't hit a peak, or what we say is a peak. Yeah. You know, you CJ was saying he don't think they'll make work better than that before, which, I get it. I understand that. We haven't seen it until now, and I think, like I said, with some of these older rappers, because they are peaking differently from Jay and all them, it's going to force cats to get more, not Jay particular, but others. Cause we're not even talking about Royce, who's another one who's would you not argue that he's, his better work is coming more now than it did originally? I yeah. think he hit his peak a couple years ago, but I like this album for But his later year. work is better, definitely, right? Right. Yeah, but like, he's, old, was, he's older. Yeah, because what I was just trying to say, though, is like... Yeah, yeah but so, I feel like thing. even if you name those people, you're still only at five people. Like, we're not taking into account how many AJ MCs there are. So okay. at your best, if you got five, 
two chains and throw him in there. But see, I don't think he's that. making his best work. Like, I mean, no. the easy way to determine the argument is was these people's last CD their best CD? Yeah. And was the CD before that better than the one before that one? Because that's the thing. Killer Mike, you can make the argument he's peaking. Freddie Gibbs, I know people might like Bandana better than Alfredo, but they're on par. So you can make the, the case. I feel like Royce, maybe you can make the case. Pusha, you can probably make the case with Daytona. That's four. And I'll throw an LP just to make sure kill him, that all the RTJ is represented fairly because LP snapped on this shit too. So that's five, <laughs> right? Many are, and I'm t- I listen to we all are hip hop heads, so it's easy to say where these people are putting out music, but we're not listening to it. I don't know, but y'all, I listen to when Bumby drop a new project. I listen when Snoop Dogg drops a new project because that's just my era. That's what I grew up in. So I'm by nature listening to Scarface. I'm listening to when these artists drop new CDs because I'm interested in them as rappers because that's my music. Well, it's how how some of them stay relevant too. And the whole, what I was getting to with Dre was that, you know, for the longest we all, we had that drop off. 2001, that was, for me, that was it. That was quintessential Dre. You know, we had all been waiting on detox, and detox never happened. We got something in the form of Compton, but Kendrick was on there. You know, a bunch of other, a bunch of other cats. But I felt like, yeah, he peaked at 2001, and that was it. But all these other cats, they've been consistently putting out and growing, and putting these hits out. You know, so. But like D said, I think we're having two different arguments. I'm not arguing that Jay Z is not putting out good music. I'm not arguing that at all because I don't think anybody can argue. My argument is it's rare for a hip-hop artist to peak at an older age for hip-hop because hip-hop is a rare genre. It's not like the other genres, so we can't talk about it like it is. Hip-hop, it's rare for you to peak as you get older. It just is, right? So are we on record as saying, I'm not saying rappers aren't lasting longer because they are. I'm not saying they aren't putting out better projects at an older age because they are, but they're not putting out their best work as they get older. This is more rare, I think, than we give credit to. And I don't want to start naming names because then it's going to sound like I'm talking about them saying uh, like they're putting out bad work when they're not. But their better work is their earlier stuff. Whereas in in the exception of these artists, particularly Freddie Gibbs and RTJ the group, it seems like they are continuously peaking as they get older, and we don't see that on a consistent level in hip hop. We just don't. Yeah. I mean, so, this is one of those ones where it's a it's a full out discussion that's gonna get a lot of different opinions. Like you know, and that's the cool thing about hip hop. It's like you're gonna get everybody's take on it, you know, and what they feel going into because it's so varied. So, but all right, cool. So that leads, that's a good transition into our actual topic. Because D, I'm going to kick it off with you, D. Because you've been mm. quiet kind of this whole podcast. Mm. And that's our fault because we've been kind of talking about <laughs> stuff that you just... No, it's okay. <laughs> like, like, you don't fuck with. But, Still thinking right. about my CD. So. so our deep dive topic of the week, our B-side, if you will, our deep cut is what is the best hip-hop album of all time? I know it's subjective. I know everybody's going to have a different opinion. I know there is no one right answer because there isn't. Everybody just, it's, it's going to be some subjective opinions when you go into it. 
But My bad. we're going to pick what the best rap album is. D, you're going to tell me the three albums you had it narrowed down to. And then you're just going to tell me which one it is, bro. <sighs> so after careful consideration, I narrowed it down. And, you know, again, personal preference. Uh, there's going to be a lot of this. Um, but I was between Outcast Stankonia. Oh. Uh, Lupe Fiasco's The Cool and Kanye West's Late Registration. Oh. And I've gone back and forth <laughs> up until every moment. And I'm going to say final answer Kanye West Late Registration. Uh, y- yep, Kanye West Late Registration. So not college dropout, but yeah. late registration, and he late beats registration. out Outcast. Let the record show. Oh, oh. So then, <laughs> what made you pick Kanye? Uh, so listening to the CDs, um, for me, they're. All th- I mean, all three of them, I, I stand by. I've listened to them, like, every other day for about two and a half weeks now. So, <laughs> it's like, but the cool, um, I do enjoy every song on that CD um, deeply. Uh, on Stankonia, I don't enjoy every song. But every song I do enjoy, I just, like, it almost stops me from what I'm doing to, to have to listen to it, to enjoy it. But that late registration, it is every track gives me something different. Every, you know, it's a lot of emotions you feel with it. You know, he brings you up, he brings you back down. It's good production value. And remember the time when I first got the CD and how big I was with Kanye. I do think for me personally, uh, that was his last great, great album. Um, what? I think, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. I think it was his whoa. last great, great I do. I do. Wait a minute, I like, I like the other ones. But that was, oh, that was it for me. I said, oh, and I'm I only, said it and I meant it. Oh, no, T, you can't go. You next, brother. T, you can't go. I, I know we're going out of order, but I know why we got to go out of order. But I'm going to let D say what he got to say. My bad. I'm not going next. I'm not going. I want no, you no, to go yeah, next. No, you are. Nope, nope, you are. Because like, you got to respond to this because I got a feeling. So deep. it provokes a lot of emotion in me, and I'm going with it. So you're saying Late Registration is his last great, great album? I think it's his. I think it's his. I personally think it's his greatest album. But okay, and so, so this is the best hip hop album of all time. That that's, that's what I'm going with. All right, T, you next, because I know what I feel like. T got. Mm. Yeah, I know. I, I'm confident what he's about to do too. Yeah. <laughs> So that's why Quinn. I'm sorry, but nah, you'll no, 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 no. We're going no. in reverse order for this one. <laughs> yeah, T. Actually, no, because honestly, I think your statement, D, actually helped pick my greatest album because I was coming here still oh, muddling no. my three greatest albums of all time. One was Jay Z, The Blueprint. Two is Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And three, a personal favorite, because, I mean, it's so subjective. I could not bring it all down, but It's Dark and Hell is Hot by DMX is one of my 
favorite Ooh, albums. Yeah. Like, besides, yeah, that was my four. Besides, like, besides Ooh, East 1999, classic. Eternal by Bone Thugs and Harmony, those two albums I have bought the most. But Ed Run got my three if I'm thinking about everything. The Blueprint, of course, to come out on 9-11 and still go gold in one day. It's so crazy, and it was such a consistent I'm here album. Even though Jay was already here, that was that I Am Here album. But my number one hip-hop album, that's why you did it, CJ, because you knew it. You <laughs> knew it. And somebody online, thank you on my Facebook post that was asking about it, and we asked them you know, who the album was. I saw two people post this, and I'm like, they knew it. It is Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, D. How dare you say that late registration is his last great album? I get it. Everybody has their opinion. But God dang, even their gradu uh, graduation was good. Anyways, the heartbreaks was different, but good. His worst albums didn't come to Jesus. And when you go back and give them replay, they're better than what you think. But My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is a great Great album. You no, know, CJ, when you was talking about I how you like say Alfredo, it wasn't a great oh, album. I said it wasn't his greatest album. It's oh, right. I don't know. It's arguable. It is arguable because College Dropout, Late, Regist Late Registration, and um, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, uh, those are my three favorite Kanye okay, albums. Come, those come are on. the hit, three. Hit me but like CJ was talking about how, you know, when we were choosing Alfredo over Run the Jewels 4, the peaks, the ups and downs, of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is crazy. You have every hip hop quality almost from sample sampling aspect to the great one of the greatest posse cuts ever or greatest rap, you know, group tracks with Soul Paul. Come on, man. Like nope. yo, I'm not with you. Like, <laughs> oh, he said you ain't saying nothing, bro. He like, look, mm. bro. All lives matter. Kanye is the bullshit. Oh, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just saying, as far as a hip hop album, no, because there's so many classes, but as I'm saying, the reason why I think it's the greatest hip hop album ever, just from it's not, it's hardly any song that you skip on it. You have, you know, it's kind of a transition of sounds. You have dope MCs on it besides Kanye, you know, Raekwon, Jay Pusher. Everybody that was on that album did their thing. Every song was hot on that album and it was already voted the what, album of this decade it's scary to like somebody said maybe in 20 years it's going to be the greatest hip-hop album of all time hey i said it i said what i said i didn't think i was going to pick it but no in my heart you know what i'm putting on Woo! cool so i just i get the guy excited because you know the he funny said it was the last great because I, th I think our artists and albums are going to overlap more than we think so I think that's going to be the interesting part. Yeah. Because two so far we got two Kanye picks, which so is two Kanye albums have been picked for the greatest yes, hip hop album ever. I, that's I, very th crazy. No, yeah, I was thinking about if there was any artist that I thought was going to overlap, it's going to be Kanye, and there's another artist slash group that I think is going to overlap as well. So Q, who's up? You up? Hit me bro. with the hit me with the hot tag, like D. All right, I got you. I agree. Late registration. So much was put into that. That's not on my list, but late registration. I agree wholeheartedly with him on that. That that was Kanye's best, like best album right there. All right. You can have you can have like the other ones. That was my one. All right. But for my list, I have AT Aliens by like uh, AT uh, Aliens by Outkast because mm. oh that's a quintessential one right there. Yeah. I still mess with that one. Um, Bone Thugs, because come on, come on, like, real which one, talk. which one though, bro? You got another oh. album, 
Uh, is it East Eternal 1999? Oh, well, yeah. That one, like, single-handedly. Oh, but they got more than one album, bro. You got to come with the album. Oh, no, no. Man. That one single-handedly for what it's worth because it, it, they broke, like, back in 95, they broke the Beatles record. Like, it went double platinum. Like, and Bone Thugs, like, considering how they came up, yeah, no, definitely. I still listen to Bone Thugs to this day. And another one, which I am going to call my greatest album of them all, End of the 36 Chambers, Wu-Tang. You know Mm. every Mm. song on there. Every one of them songs on there, people still play to this day. Cream, come on, come on. When people throw on Cream, people know you're white, black, Hispanic, like Asian, you know that. Oh, you talking to the wrong one, bro. But talk to them. Okay, I ain't even bothered. <laughs> <laughs> talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> like, talk to them. Because I believe their solo work is way better than their... I, I think Wu-Tang is, Wu-Tang is a group of great MCs, like God-level MCs. But I feel like their solo work is better than their group work. But I'll let you talk. That My bad. Just, I ain't trying to hijack your shit. But no, that was one like that had a special place to me because me and my older brother like used to listen to a lot of Wu-Tang, like like, uh, I still wish I had the purple tape, but yeah, I know that one still stands out to me as a timeless classic, and it's always going to be that for me, you know? And that's going to be one of where, hell, that's what me and my wife connected on. Like, she knew Wu Tang songs out the, out the gate. Oh, and, that's why she your wife. Respect. Respect. I mean, come on. And even, and even with the whole fact that, like, you know, it, they have made the crossover to, like, you know, mainstream through all types of mediums. I mean, they even having Luke Cage have, like, Bring the Ruckus playing, like, in a fight scene. So, yeah, it's like, Wu-Tang, they up there with 36 Chambers, still a classic. One of my greats right there. Okay. All right, so I'm up. Mm-hmm. I don't, y'all might hate who my greatest, because y'all might not consider it hip-hop. I'm going to tell you right now. You might not, but I'm going to go with it. All right. Blue card so, treatment. So number three is Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City. I think that is a new age classic. I think it's one of the first classic albums when we heard it that we've heard in a while, if that makes sense. Like there was kind of this dearth of classic hip hop. I'm not saying there wasn't no underground, really great albums, but true undisputed debut album, classic Illmatic vibes. Good Kid, Mad City. I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, just to show you how much I enjoy it, number four was Illmatic. So, I, that's just kind of where I'm at. So, number two, in my opinion, the greatest rap group of all time, bar none, Outkast. Hands down. Uh, I'm yeah. going to go with D. I'm saying Stagonia. And this is where you get into art, which is interesting because Two of you argue which album is the best Kanye album, which is crazy to think about how many classic rap albums or hip-hop albums he's put out. That's crazy because Kanye's put out so much. I think Outkast has put out, if not more. And the the reason is because their career is so short, every album was so great. So I'm going to go Stankonia. Q, I understand your point about AT Aliens, but I think Stankonia is just a better album and so my greatest hip-hop album of all time and i use the word hip-hop so be clear it's not rap it's hip-hop 
Lauren Hill. Woo! <laughs> okay. Ed- <laughs> yeah. That is... I- Yes, okay, okay. Not I, I was wondering where you was going with <laughs> this. The miseducation of Lauren Hill because she raps enough on this oh. album for oh, it's a phenomenal to, CD though. <laughs> for it to be considered hip hop. I was debating. I was really debating. I was like, is this hip hop? I was like, no, she rapped. She was Drake before Drake was Drake. Uh, I like, mean, she, she was Drake before Drake. <laughs> <laughs> so she was so rapping on on this album. Like when I and when I was listening to it this week, I was like, "This is like the perfect album." Like Lost Ones, it's amazing. And then you go into X Factor, then to Zion and Doo-Wop. Doo-Wop oh, is a hip hop album. Superstar. I used to every ghetto, every city is a hip hop uh-huh. album. Nothing. Did you her Mary J. Blige? Yeah. Everything is everything. Can't take my eye. Like this album is. The best hip hop album of all time, and will I will make an even more controversial opinion. It is the best album, regardless of genre, of all. Oh, that's a bold statement. I have made that bold proclamation that, regardless of genre, and to be fair, I don't listen to country like that, but I do listen to some Johnny Cash. So there is some Johnny Cash albums that I thoroughly enjoy and project. Um, but yeah, best album of all time and specifically hip hop because she is rapping enough. Oh, she's spitting her shit on here. Like, let's be clear. Like, we're here spitting her shit on this album. I didn't include her as a hip hop album, but I will say the idea of including her, including that album specifically as a hip hop album, I, that's a tough one. <laughs> and I get it. I get I get that's why I said hip hop. And I was like, I know some of y'all might kill me and say this is not a hip hop album. And why didn't say rap? It was important. Because Fuji, Fuji's important. was on my list. Because Fuji's was on my list before I had to take it off, like when you said three. So so yeah, I I yeah. So if you're, if you're pushing me to say rap and just take off because rap and hip hop are two different things. And yep. so hip hop, I think, I think, Lauren, I think this education on Lauren Hill is an absolute hip hop album, in my opinion. When you say it out loud, like it's not a rap album. I'll be clear, like yeah, it's okay. not a rap album. When like you say what, it out loud, it doesn't make me think about it. Yeah, like earlier Drake albums are hip hop albums. They're you know they're not rap yeah. albums, but they are hip hop. There's a certain urban. Um, you're following certain pillars, certain cadences, certain sounds, certain certain uses. That make it's like Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige didn't rap a day of her life, but she put out hip hop albums. Like those weren't R and B joints. Those was hip hop. So, mm. so she, I know y'all gonna disagree early, but well, yeah, her earlier projects. So yeah, I know I'm gonna get it on that one. So if I have to say, if I if you're not considering that, if you're saying okay, you can't have Warren Hill, fair enough. Then I'm going to go with. Hold on, no, 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 no! You said what you said because you told no, us that no, we don't saying, come. No, I'm just you saying, if you don't, don't consider come up with it, no backup. You know, what, whatever. When you the media, you can do this. If you don't consider, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't consider Lauren Hill hip hop, then my number two is then Outkast Thank God. So there you have. It. I didn't change my pick. I consider Lauren Hill to be a hip hop album. So that's my. 
So then I'm going to ask you all the next question, right? And this is the question, are any of these albums your favorite hip-hop album of all time? Because you told me what was you thought was the best. but are, And I'm not going to ask you for your favorite because that's asking you to think a lot. But I'm just going to ask. No, no, I'm ready for that. I yeah, mean, okay, so D. This week. <laughs> no, all right, no, no problem. So D, all right, is Kanye West, um, Late Registration, your favorite hip-hop album? It isn't. It is not. Okay. Uh, the Cool is my favorite. Uh, absolutely, hands down. Um, the reason I didn't go with it being – the reason I didn't go with it being the best is because I feel when it comes to the acclaim – it doesn't get the acclaim as a lot of other hip hop albums. And you know, with me specifically, my hip hop tastes are pretty unusual. Uh, not in the sense of like not listening to everyone, but in the sense of like, I just, things don't resonate with me like they resonate with a lot of people. Uh, like how I feel about Kendrick and T.I. and J. Cole and all that stuff. But the cool, every, I, if I put on the cool, right now i would lose the hour and like 11 minutes of the cd is okay like because i would just have to listen to it like i can't even play it because it, it it takes time to, to listen to it i gotta stop doing what i'm doing <laughs> all right t uh not ti <laughs> t <Yeah>. what? <laughs> which one is your <laughs> Um, trouble, man. When I sit back and converse inside my cranium <laughs> <laughs> and I pillage through the towns of my mind. <laughs> I'll, I don't know because I'm still so, trying to figure out what is my favorite hip hop Or is MBTF <laughs> is that kind of album your favorite as well? Because it can be true. You can have. You can say this, I think it's. I think <laughs> honestly, it's my favorite Kanye album. But it's like the steps are like this, they're barely not even a step. <laughs> like you can put your whole foot on it walking up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Because I'm just going through albums. I'm trying to think of that. I just when you put on all the way through, and like D said, the cool is so underrated. But I had an argument before I even got on. Not even an argument. Somebody had um put a post up um which one was better food or liquor or the cool and that was this morning so i know everything falls in line i'm sitting here going back to food and liquor that was my joint but it's like, a great cd too but the cool is that shit well, cool is. is that shit bro. i even said i said i think the cool is the better oh no you CD. can't go wrong with either one i think the, the cool, cool is a better cd artwork but that food and liquor like just might be okay as my joint how, how it comes yo but the cool is good. Actually, this like thinking about this, I actually thought of um premise for another part of the series. I'm gonna tell you after this record, because I ain't giving y'all a no. Give nobody no ideas right now. I'm yeah, sure. When I think about the cool, bro, little oh, weapon. And like I like honestly, cause me and um D went through the cool one day. I love that album. And you're right, you can't go wrong. I even Paris, like Paris Tokyo. Go go gadget. I, I, the flow. fast track. I like Go right. Baby. High definition with Snoop spitting his ass off like only Snoop can do, just chilling. Yeah, you're right. The Cool is a good album. I can yeah. see why you, I could see D why that would be your album. And so, <laughs> all right. So Kanye, all right. Q is in the Thirty Six Chambers your favorite album? 
Because that's different from best. Yeah, it's one of my favorite albums. But if we were going for favorites off the gate, I still, like like I said, you know, it's a Southern boy. I mean, I still bump ATA wins. I mean, come on. Everybody know Elevators. When Elevators come on. Yeah, you know, you know the lyrics to it. But, yeah, no, because I will say uh, all the other stuff in that, aside from Wu-Tang, that was the the top four. And like you said earlier, I will agree with you on this. A lot of this, like, solo stuff was good. I'm a big Ghostface fan, and I love Raekwon. Built for Cuban Links would have made the would have made the list, but it didn't. But yeah, you know, it's a it's a favorite album. But I um, I can tell we uh, outcast heavy like a podcast. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's the funny thing that I noticed. Kanye West, the outcast. Got multiple, we're on multiple people's lists, particularly mm-hmm. Outcast. Outcast is on three out of the four lists. Well, it's because they've done so much. And yeah. like the same with Kanye is that they were able to switch it up. So, because we, because with both of like, well, both of them, we were there from the beginning to watch their careers go to where they are now. You know, like old school Outcast to, to AT Aliens to like Stangonia, you could see them change it up. Like, especially Andre. <laughs> well, that's why I think I love Outkast so much is because a they left, right? I think I don't know if I would love Outkast as much as they kept putting out albums. I think it's because they had this legendary run. Into three stacks credit, he was like, "Yo, I'm good," and he was just like, "Let me do something different." And Big Boy has still been putting out very quality music. Like I don't want to shit. Oh yeah, Boy. yeah. Like he's been putting out quality music, and I, I always feel it's an underrated part of Outkast that doesn't nearly get a much as much shine as he deserves because it wasn't like three stacks was killing him on any of those CDs. Let me be clear. Big boy was holding his own on all those. Yeah, they would have end they would have Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they both had their definitive styles and it's much like much like how we talk with Run the Jewels and why they work so well, you know? Yeah. So okay. I think my favorite aren't even gonna be on the list of what I think is the best. My favorite, and I if I had I got it narrowed down to two because I'm a southern hip hop fan. Anybody who knows me knows that. Um, Scarface the Fix. Oh, mm-hmm. thanks, yeah. Is a phenomenal album. And then if I had to pick my favorite though, because Fix is a great album. It's, it's almost it was in my top five for like best, because the fix is just Scar that Houston motherfucker rapping his ass off. Or that Texas motherfucker, rather. And see, that's rapping. another one. Com- that's another one coming from a group. Yeah, yeah. That Texas motherfucker was rapping his ass off on that shit. But if I had to pick my favorite, I'm not gonna lie. It's Ti King. Mm. Mm. I, I bumped Ti King on the regular. <laughs> Like, you know what's yeah. funny? You know, you know what's funny, CJ? Just to always be at odds with you. You know, my second CD is ludicrous uh, word of mouth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, ludicrous I, is dope. Like I, I love like, that CD. <laughs> like I love Ti's King. Like I genuinely enjoy that album so much. Like I play it routinely. I play Lauren Hill routinely too, but I gather just more enjoyment for some reason out of T.I.'s King. I fucking love that album. That T.I. was that shit to me when he dropped that. I was like, oh my god. And then Fix is a favorite too because I love that album as well. Scarface Fix is awesome, but I bump King a lot. <laughs> I bump hey, King. T. 
Tell you, what, what was that one we was listening to last time? Here we go again, like at a T.I. and a Timberland. Yeah, a lot of folks don't know yeah, that track. That's what, that shit was hard, yo. You remember fucking mixtape? Oh, they came out. Yeah. And like, yo, that has some slept on bangers on there. And like, I played that one. I like, yo, people like, yo, what's this? I'm like, yo, for real? Like, that shit go hard. Now, like, it bumps now. Just to chill. And I feel like early Tip is one of my favorite artists anyway. So, like, early T.I. is one of my favorite rap artists of all time. Because I feel like his flow is untouchable. Where I feel yeah. like if I was a producer, like, there's certain, and, I, and this is why I kind of label T.I. I feel if I'm a producer, if I'm making a beat, there are certain beats I'm like, I can't give to this artist because this artist won't know how to attack it. Like, that's just, I'm not saying it can't, but it's just from what you heard, like, oh, this artist can't attack. There is not a beat I'm afraid to give T.I. There's not one that I'm like, eh, T.I. can't find a way to attack this. So, you so, know what? I'm, forced, I'm forcing my hand off two things you said today. One, what you which I comment right now, a future episode is we're making a list of rappers that you know that no matter what the beat is, they're going to kill it. Yeah. They're going to, yeah. I want to make a list because you are definitely right. T.I., yeah. when I've heard T.I. will flow on anything. And you know, good. as a person who's not even a fan of T.I., I do have to admit, I've never heard him rap on a beat and been like, this is not for him like it's always been like okay i see what you're doing <laughs> yeah like and I, I feel like honestly to go back to uh to an album we've been listening to this week freddie's creeping up into that because freddie gibbs can attack any beat and i'm just like okay well i didn't know how you what pocket you were going to use for that but god damn it you found one and i think kendrick lamar would be the third one where if i'm i just throw a beat at kendrick and be like all right bro you'll You'll come up with like 13 different flows in one verse. You'll change voices three times, but that shit will be fire. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like I was showing it to you. Like, yeah, I got in the car. I was like, all right, I'm going to put on Urban Legend. Like, I listened to it, and it's like, yeah, I, I forgot how much I missed this album, like, listening to it. Yeah, but yeah, so that would probably be my favorite is T.I.'s King, but the best is still Lauren Hill to me. Miss Education Lauren Hill. So, all right. That was then, our albums. You know, yep. we did it. Check back with us in two weeks. We'll probably have a different list. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For real. Check with me in two days. For yeah, real. pretty much. Even this and, afternoon, um, I might be I saying know, something Call different. me an hour. <laughs> and that second episode that we're going to do, I'll tell you we're going to do. Now we're going to have to do the future, like, who great flows, who could put on a beat. But I now want to do an episode where we go through and really Don't be telling them that let's wait all right so anybody else got anything to say this is the end of this episode anybody else i mean we good, we good. all right so, safe, y'all. so let's do my our usual plug you can find us on apple podcast should have done this at the beginning my bad quinn if you can work this around that'd be great uh okay well i got it Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Podbean. You can hit us at Twitter at Villains and Vinyl. You can hit us on Instagram at Villains and Vinyl. Vinyl. You know, just hit us up, follow us. Thank you for the support. We love you. 
I don't know. I've been listening. I've been looking at our Podbean numbers. We got people in Canada. Respect to you. Sorry, we ain't got no Drake on the list. I've been listening to people outside of Atlanta. I think y'all were represented beautifully with this list because one thing came to the forefront is that we some Southern hip-hop listening motherfuckers. So, Gotta throw a shout out to whoever listening in the Czech Republic. All right, because you've been consistent. Yeah, (laughs) that one motherfucker has been listening to you. The real MVP, bro. Yeah, you know, I think this album represents a lot. Not album. This episode, you know, you gotta tell our taste. We some southern hip hop dudes who love Kanye. We love the West Coast too, because there were some West Coast joints I almost considered. I mean, Kendrick is up there though. So, but. Thank you. Next week, we'll, we'll be back with more hip-hop and comics. We're probably going to do, we've been trying to do alternate, so next week will probably be a more comic book-heavy episode. So, it's like that. Respect, and we out of here. Peace. Check out my fans only. You mean your only fans? Yeah, it's the, it's the bootleg one, man. Like, like. <laughs> 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 y'all about to say what, bro? All right, bet. Check um, out. What? <laughs>